This is Grown Up With Kids, the parenting and marriage podcast that gives a weekly dose of encouragement, wisdom, and humor for people trying their best to live, love, and laugh more with their families. Thanks for joining us. Just a quick note before we get started, today's content covers sensitive topics and may not be suitable for little ears. Please use discretion before proceeding. Hey, hey, today we talk through all the four-letter words and how to talk to kids of all ages about bad language. Also, David apologizes to his mom, and we discuss our extensive knowledge about elbow skin. Hey, Dave. <laughs> no one ever calls me Dave. <laughs> I know. I, I have know. one friend who calls me Davey. Well, there's um there there was there have been a few incidents in our marriage where someone calls you Dave and I have no clue who they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's me. Yeah. It's funny. No one calls you Rach, I guess, either, other than me. Right. Yeah. Maybe most a couple people, people. Most people call you Rachel? Uh yeah. Mostly. Mostly mostly. Close, close friends call me something different. Not like, no, nothing like <laughs> weird, just something like they make fun of my name. Ray. Or, yeah, Ray. <gasps> I wanted to be Ray. And I then know. I tried to be Ray. And Ray's now like cool because of Star Wars. Oh, isn't that a bummer? I tried to be Ray in college and then my mom came to visit and said everyone to everyone that my name is actually Rachel. Yeah. Oh, so embarrassing. How's your week going? Uh, it's good. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. We've just come off of having some family in our house, and uh, that's always really fun. But also, you know, it's good to be back because just our little family again. Yeah, have the house back. Yeah. I'm sure they're excited to be out of our house as well. I'm sure they are. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm sure it's the same when we go to visit. They're excited to have their house back when we leave. Yes, that's exactly. Normal. Exactly. How are you doing? Uh, I mean, we're not quite at like moonlighting territory. Uh, where we have to record in different rooms. <laughs> you remember that show from the eighties? The two stars, Bruce Willis yeah, and yeah. I forget her name. They hated each other. Sybil. Sybil Shepherd. Yeah, nice. there you go. Yeah. So no, but we've we've had a rocky evening. <laughs> two weeks in a row, I think. Rocky right into the recording. I know. Um, but we're ready to go. Yeah. What are we talking about tonight? Ooh, yeah. I have a question for you. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I just looked at my notes. And Let's I was excited it. to ask you this question. What happened to you when you swore as a kid? We're talking about how we're talking about cussing today. Um, yeah, and we always do the record the intro last. It's probably obvious to people, um, and so we might mention this. But it's possible we don't know yet. <laughs> but it's possible this might not be the best episode to listen to with your kids. We have a few listeners who have mentioned that they listen in their car with their family. Right. So this might be a podcast about family, but not for the whole family. Not for we'll the see. family. We'll see. We're not going to just like start dropping swear words, but you I just, might. Yeah, yeah you might. Because it's funny. I'm just um, kidding. <laughs> so just just to be forewarned, we're not, not sure how it's going to go. This yeah. is free flowing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so hopefully we've given you sufficient time to pause. Yeah, and listen to this later. And now um, Dave is just going to go on a swearing rampage. Beep, go, beep, go. <laughs> okay, uh, so what happened to you when you swore as a kid? Did anything happen? Was it? Yeah, it was It was more than frowned upon. Really? We, we get in trouble, yeah. Um, we were not allowed to use bad language. What, what was defined as bad language in your family? Uh, I mean, all the common swear words. You want me to list them? 
no, but I mean like no. the traditional like the F word, yeah. the SH word. Yeah, like my um yes. So the H word, the S word, the F word. I did so this is actually a confession that's gonna sound funny because it's been thirty five years, but was not funny at the time. But I did actually once call my mom the B word in front of her <laughs> on Easter. <laughs> I feel terrible about it. Oh, did you I love my mom. Did you ever apologize? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I think I was I was made to apologize against my will at yeah, the, in that moment <laughs> by my father. Um <laughs> But I want to go on the record right now and apologize. It was very disrespectful. My uh-huh. mom is a beautiful woman. She raised me well, and I'm grateful for her. And yeah. I shouldn't have called her a bad name. Yeah, so, to her face. <laughs> to her face when I was like 10 <laughs> years old or 12 or something. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So um, So did you have like your mouth washed out with soap No, or not like, like a Christmas story or anything like that. It was more of like a subtle disappointment. No, you get in trouble. Oh. But. I don't remember it like I don't remember there being like a real distinct punishment, uh, but it just was known you didn't swear in yeah. my house, um, and uh, yeah, so we didn't. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Do you swear now? More than I'd like. I'm working my way back. Yeah. So I went through like a season of freedom of like, oh, I think this isn't as bad as I was told it was, um, and now I sort of feel like I'm done with that. Right. Although I did make an inappropriate joke with our son the other day, our oh, oldest, yeah. where I um, he was making fun of me for saying like a potty word, and he's like, "Oh, that's a bad word." And then so I replaced the potty word with a worse swear word. Uh huh. And he was like, "Oh, dad." <laughs> so, he even knew, like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he, Come on. he's a much better person than I am. <laughs> oh my gosh! All three of our kids are better uh, people than I am. Yeah, but they probably will all three at some point call me the b word too. No. Uh, not in front of me, they won't. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they might, but they're they're not they're gonna regret it. I know they go. <laughs> they, like, all kids go through various phases. We don't what, even understand yet. Yeah. What about uh, in your house? Were you allowed to swear? I remember. Um, no, not really. But it wasn't really like um, condemned. Like it wasn't. But it was just like a known thing that you just didn't swear. I guess like. It was like disappointment. I do remember only one time where I swore in front of my sister, and then my sister was going to go tell on me, and I hid behind the plastic tree in the corner in the dining room. Like, yeah. Like a Christmas tree? Did I get you a plastic? <laughs> Wait, why'd <laughs> like, you have a plastic tree? Like, you know, in the 80s, there were like those plastic trees that were like decor, and they, uh, I mean, they still have them, you know. Like um, on moonlighting? I guess so, yes. Bring it back. Bring it back. Um... And so I hid behind that tree while my sister went and told, and my, I think it was my mom who said, well, you know, it just happens sometimes. And then my sister was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) What just happened? Um, But I distinctly remember feeling really badly about it, but not really getting in trouble. I just kind of knew, and it was modeled like not to swear that my parents didn't swear a lot. Um... I remember my mom swearing at the dishwasher a couple times with the SH word, but that's about it. So I didn't grow up with a lot of swearing in my household. Was the dishwasher uh, a machine or was your dad washing the dishes? <laughs> the dishwasher was a machine. <laughs> oh, okay. Was your, yeah. It's <laughs> funny. So I think this is an interesting topic because so much has changed. I think swearing certainly for our parents when they were growing up, was, like, very frowned upon in common culture and pop culture. 
And I think in the 80s, when we were growing up in 90s, uh, it became to loosen a little bit, but it was still sort of seen as a sign of rebellion or kind of dangerous. Mm-hmm. And now, as I sort of admitted, like there's a whole culture of adults who swear. Like yeah. I can't imagine, I mean, maybe, uh, but I, I, I never really heard my dad swear. My mom swore every once in a while. Um, and I can't imagine him being in the workplace and swearing. Right. Um, and I, it's not like I hear a lot of people swearing at the workplace, but if someone did, I would not be like, oh my gosh, like yeah, I wouldn't like have been you're scandalized. So or you're so rude or yeah. whatever. And, and I li- work in sort of a more formal setting and I think a more, you know, creative and tech businesses and things like that, it's even more common. And certainly in school, it's real common. And yeah. I would say, like, I'm not alarmed by that. Like, so we're going to have this discussion around swearing and potty language and all these things and how we think about it and talk about it. Um, but it doesn't feel very threatening to me. Like, oh, if our kids swore, that would be a huge deal. But I do think right. it's a matter of, like, who do they want to be and how are they polite in the right settings and polite to people and honor people, right, and respect people? Yeah, I think that's what we're trying to get at. Like, Because I do think that there is um, a certain less level of permissiveness in um, the generation that we're raising. Like, um, And there's permissiveness, like what you were talking about, like in our workplace, like it just feels different. Um, and so like, I, I think that we wanted to discuss this because it still is like, it still is important to guide our kids in this. It just is going to look different than what maybe we were raised with. Um, and I don't know that it's a topic that ne- that we're talking about, but we have come up against our kids swearing or, like, um, being engaged in, like, inappropriate humor or whatever. So I think that there are a few things that kind of bleed into this. And I've I've sort of wondered, what do, how do we talk about this with them um, and guide them in it without sort of giving, like, a checkbox, like, don't say the SH word, don't say the F word, don't say the H word, don't, you know? Right. And so I think this is, like, a lot of conversations that we have, this is us processing through where we're at, but I think every family can set different standards, and that can be perfectly fine, right? Exactly, exactly. And in fact, like, I would say that our family is probably a bit more loose with our language um, than other families that we know, maybe a lot more loose with our language. Um, Uh, Well... I would say when it's just the well, five of us around the table, we permit a fair amount of potty humor. Yeah. But we're very clear about like, hey, this is a kind of a special place right. where we can be silly and we don't do this in front of other people. Um, and we'll see if that works out or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So, um, so, yeah, like I think the first thing, obviously, like in any situation in your family is that you as the parents – set the bar, you're the authority, and you sort of decide the feel you want in your family. So if the word poop is a bad word in your family, then you set that bar. If the word stupid is a bad word in your family, you set the bar, um, and and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I think is important to know is that uh, when you set the bar, it's important to discuss with your kids that other families might have a different perspective and that that's okay, you know? Yeah, yeah and I... I don't know that this is a virtue, but we as a family probably uh, spend more time helping our kids understand the difference between a rude swear word and a joke, right? Like we're more permissive. Like you used the word poop and like we don't want our kids running around yelling poop. And if they did that just just at school or wherever, like playing with their friends, we'd be like, hey, stop saying that. But when we're sitting around the table and they tell it as like the, 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 the... 
the punchline of a joke, right. we're like, that's a really great joke, <laughs> right? right? And, and so... Well-timed, well-timed. And I would say that I am even permissive and almost encouraging of jokes where they work in other, even worse words maybe to some right. people because I value humor. And so we, again, that's sort of where our family's at, but other families are going to be like, never. You don't yeah. say that word and that's cool. Exactly, exactly. The other thing that is... So, so letting them know that, like, okay, the table is a safe place. Like, this is where we can joke about this. And outside of this table, you shouldn't – these are impolite things to talk about. Yeah. But with us, like, we think it's hilarious. And it creates sort of, like, a camaraderie, I think, at our table. Like, there's the weenus joke. The I was going to ask, are you going to talk about the elbow? <laughs> yeah, so – so recently, one of our kids came home from school and was like, hey, did you know that, I love like, that you're doing it as if anyone's watching <laughs> this. Well, you're, like, showing me your elbow <laughs> and pointing to it. I, it just occurred to me that I'm doing that, but I, like, have to physically do it to try to understand yeah. how to describe this. So under, like, the, the little, like, skin part of your elbow, um, when you unfold your elbow, is they said that's called the weenus. And they're like, oh, And, and is that weenus. a real... Like yeah. anatomy okay, term? So I looked it up and it actually is called the weenus. Yeah. And so I said, oh, that's so funny. And they, of course, it rhymes with penis and we all laugh about oh, it. Oh, is that the joke? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I know, just in case our listeners aren't following, I just want to make sure. <laughs> and now we've confirmed this episode is not for your kids. <laughs> so, so we're laughing about the weenus. And to be honest, so we have three boys and David and I'm the only girl and rarely... And the socially jokes. awkward dog. <laughs> There's He's a also lot. a male. Right, also a male. There are so many blessed penis jokes. And there's just, it's not even a joke. Like, there's just a lot of discussion about penis. And so... But we also have a kid who's, like, learning new terms. And he's like, some people call it nuggets. <laughs> some people call it nuts. And we're like, some all right, again, the at tacos. the table, we can talk about this. Because it's good to understand what you're learning. Right. And kind and of what's appropriate. family. And we can laugh about yeah. it. Not okay. So there's been the more than usual recently. Yes, exactly. So we're talking about the weenus. And everyone's kind of quiet. And I go, I lifted my other elbow. And I was like, but what about the vagina? <laughs> Can't believe you just said that on the podcast. But honestly, and the boys, like, they all looked at me and they were like, oh my gosh. The older two knew exactly what was going on. The younger one was kind of like, the what? He heard China, like the country. He's like, oh, mom's China. Mom's China. There's a little bit of confusion with the terminology, maybe, for the younger one thus far. We're working on it. but We need to clarify before he has, like, geography lessons. <laughs> <laughs> and they start telling him about countries. Seriously. Uh, so, This anyway. podcast is officially canceled. <laughs> so, uh, so I think the point is that that's, like, for us, it's a safe place yeah, for humor <laughs> and for them to explain some things within reason and if they go too far it's a great place for us to bring them back and it's also a great place even if they don't go too far for what we're okay with for us to explain like other families are not comfortable with this and so you don't talk about this is not polite in general but we can joke about things or we can talk about certain things Um, and it creates some camaraderie it makes dinner a fun place and like a safe place where they can again explore and learn and understand boundaries 
in a way where they're not just being like shamed every time they accidentally say a word or maybe intentionally say a word that they're not supposed to. Right. Or like we're driving in the car with some friends in the car and they bring up some totally inappropriate topic and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to address this. I want to jump in, but now it's not the time. And anyway, having a safe place is really important. So you're saying, sorry, just to clarify that if, <clears throat> if something comes up in the car, like coming to the table at the next meal is a good time to sort of process that with them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really good to sort of, um, offer if a kid brings up something that's inappropriate or about sex or about swearing or something crazy at school, it is always good to jump on the opportunity when they've pursued the topic in if, even if it's in a small way to say, Oh, that sounds really interesting. I'd really like to talk more about that. Can we talk later? Or if you do have the opportunity to say, oh, yeah, what did you learn about sex today? Or tell me what words did you hear? But making sure that it's in the context of your family and not with, like, driving, not while you're driving carpool. You yeah. know, like. <laughs> yeah, you don't, we're not going to have vagina conversations in front of <laughs> our friend's kids. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Just in front of hundreds of people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's bring this, we always kind of talk about what's the heart of the issue. So for you, when we talk about language and like swear words or impolite language, what's the heart issue for our kids that you want them to understand? Yeah. Okay. So what I think typically happens is that there is sort of a traditional, like, like what my sister said, Ooh, I'm telling on you, you said a bad word because you've used a traditionally bad word. And so it's a checkbox. And so I think what happens is kids try to get around that. I know I did. So I'd say, oh, sugar plum or oh, fork it. You know, like. <laughs> did you really so, say that? I mean, I'm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, sports. <laughs> anyway, so you try to find these tricky ways to sort of skirt the behavior, but then you kind of miss the issue with your kids and even with yourself um, around the heart of why we don't say that, those words. Because it's not actually like. The SH word isn't really, I mean, it's another descriptive word, a harsher word for poop, right? And so it's less about that actual word, and it's absolutely more about getting to their heart where language is an opportunity to reflect who you are inside. Um, and because, well, and and it's not polite. So I looked up the definition in preparation for the podcast. I looked up the actual definition of polite, and I wanted to say it here because I think this is the language we always put around it is, oh, man, that is not polite to say. Um, and, you know, you're not in trouble, but it's not polite. And so it, it sort of like buckets those words along with putting your elbows on the table, peeing on the seat in a public restroom, like, or in our restroom, I mean, honestly, or on the floor, anywhere. But it buckets... <laughs> Anywhere other than inside the toilet. Yes. Anywhere other than inside the toilet is problematic and impolite. So the definition of polite is having or showing behavior that is respectful and considerate of other people. And I think that is perfect to describe how I want our kids to think about the language that they use. Is it considerate of other people? Because that's really the long view. Like we, What we're really trying to teach our kids is that they should consider their context they should consider the people around them. They should consider how they affect their environment. Yeah, and this is where, again, I think there are different perspectives on this that are equally valid. So one way to think of this is you should never swear because you don't want to get in that habit. And another way to think about it, and maybe where we lean a little bit more, is like if my son, one of our sons swore with his friends, like just off doing nothing, like no one, it's not really being disrespectful, 
but we're teaching them that there are boundaries in other places. Like, it's not okay to say that to a teacher. It's not okay to eventually to say that at work. It's not okay to say that to your mother, right? Like Exactly. Um, but also, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more, educating them on what these words mean and you know, sort of what they're being part of if they either say it or if they're listening to music with it right. so that they can kind of make educated, <clears throat> thoughtful decisions about that, yeah, so who they want to be. Yeah, so I guess what we're trying to do is kind of skip over the behavior and dive into teaching them how to use discernment and wisdom and um, awareness of their surroundings. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me, Rachel. Okay, good. Rachel. <laughs> So I think the other thing that this does when we go to the heart and when we start talking about um, language more directly is that we remove some of the power or the intrigue in it. Right. And so... If it's um, so taboo, it becomes like, oh, I need to say that word. Or I I need to learn what these words are. Yeah, exactly. And it's similar to how you can think about teaching your kids about sex. We should do another episode on sex. But, like, if if it is never discussed... And if it is, like, if if you have no real clue about the factual information around it, it just becomes this really big blown-up thing that occupies a lot of brain space. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what you want to remove for your kids so they can think about more productive things than swearing or sex or whatever. Or elbows. Or vaginas. Long silence. <laughs> <laughs> I make the joke subtly, and you just plop on top of it. There is nothing subtle about me. I mean, what are we, 17, 18 years into this? And All right, so let's, uh, let's jump to section C of the old outline. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's amazed that we have an outline for once. We're usually just chatting oh, it up. Oh, man. Okay, so one of the best examples that I yeah. wanted to give about how to discuss this with our kids is, well, first of all, Starting at a really young age, I think, is really good. So talking about bathroom humor and just, like, basic impolite behavior across the board and using that same language, saying this is this is impolite or this is inconsiderate, and you can just leave it at that. But using that same language over time builds up to the conversations that we're having now in middle school with um, with our eldest son who is listening to some pretty heavy, hard... Well, he's exploring music via Amazon, and he comes across things that he thinks are interesting, or his friends forward him songs to listen to, and sometimes those songs are not in the realm of what we would consider appropriate, right? Right. And this is also a... uh, Tricky is not the right word, but there is nuance in this, because our kids have been listening to Hamilton, uh, uh, which has a ton of swearing in it, since you know they were... Eight, ten, and five, or whatever, right? And so, and we've sort of allowed that, and we've talked through the words and how it's used. But I think this has been, again, where the nuance comes in for us is when our son was, we saw the playlist he had put together because his friends had sent him some songs, and there, the B word, like, you know, I sort of admitted my fault failing as a child to use that at someone like that's in a really I think demeaning and problematic word because it's not just a swear word like you are putting a woman typically down Mm -hmm. or you're essentially calling a man a woman and putting them down at the same time Mm -hmm. and it's really problematic and I don't want our kids ever saying that to any girl right yeah um and so we need to talk through that word 
and it came out in that conversation that you had with him that he actually didn't really know what that word meant right. like, and why it was so problematic. And there are other words, and there's obviously racial slurs that are used in songs um, that we don't want our kids using, whether they're quoting the song or they're using it playfully or their friends use it. Like, no. Like, those right. are hurtful words that, going back to your concept of polite, they go beyond being impolite. They can actually be really problematic and hurtful towards people. Yeah. And so you need to understand that when you listen to songs with those in there, like, that you're hearing that stuff and it's getting sort of put into your head in a way that's problematic. Yeah. Versus, in my estimation, in my experience, like, the S-H word, which is just like, it's kind of gross and it's not really appropriate, but it's not, in my estimation, again, like hurtful. Other people might find it so, and I'm willing to be open to that or learn that. But for our kids, we really want to do, want to make the distinction between there are potty words that are gross and impolite, there are swear words that are problematic, and then there are words that are really potentially demeaning and hurtful um, and crass and, you know, potentially point to sexual harassment or rape, like those types of words you should not be using ever. And it's not, and it's problematic to even be listening to songs with those words, right? Exactly. So how this came out for us is um, you listened to one of our son's playlists. Well, I saw he had a playlist in there. I was like, oh, I'm going to see what it is. But I was at work and I started listening. I was like, oh, oh my, oh. Yeah. (laughs) So you let me know. And then it happened to, so I play really loud music when I'm doing dishes sometimes because I love to dance around and whatever. And his playlist popped up next. And the first words were like the B word and then hose. And I mean, like it went MF this and GD that and the N word. And I mean, it just kept going. So anyway, so I had him come down and we just sat down and had a really honest conversation. Granted, so he's older. I want to just keep that right as... He's- He's 12. A caveat. So he's 12. He can process these things with us. Right. He's hearing some of these words at school. So in his whole life, we've used the same language like, oh, that's really inconsiderate or that's an impolite word or whatever. But this was an opportunity to sit with him and say, hey, let's look at the lyrics to this song. Like, you're not in trouble. I'm trying to help you make a good decision about what you're listening to and what you're what you're processing. And so we literally went word by word. I think he was super uncomfortable at first. But as we went through it, he started really having the conversation with me and then started asking questions. Well, what does that mean? And then we would talk about like how this word might mean one thing in one context and it might mean a totally different thing in another context. And this is actually really degrading in this context. So it started to get this fuller picture about... Um, some racial innuendos and socioeconomic understanding, like just some like differences in culture that he really needs to be educated on. And it was, it was amazing how language opened up the opportunity to talk about those things. Cause I think sometimes we want to talk about those things with our kids, um, these larger issues, but it's really hard to sit down and be like, all right, son, today we're going to talk talk about racial differences you know like (laughs) but when it's around a song that he likes um and that that's really catchy um it helps it helps bridge that and it's and it's around language um and how it can be translated in various ways yeah and i want to (laughs) admit that when i saw that playlist i was actually really mad because i thought he had put it together these songs and kind of knew what was going on Uh, and you were much more thoughtful and uh, 
you know, open to him <laughs> being like, hey, let me talk to him about it. And then as you talk to him, he realized he, I mean, he knew the words and he might know some of the meaning, but he didn't really know the depth of the meaning of a exactly. lot of those words or why um, they could be so hurtful or kind of ugly. Right. And so what was cool was you t- spent some time talking through it with him and didn't necessarily tell him he had to get rid of those songs, but kind of advised him on what was best. And then he changed the playlist. Exactly. Like, and he didn't get rid of every song, but he got rid of the worst ones. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the conversation, I was like, hey, so now you have all the information that you need to make a good decision. And yeah. that's what I'm here for. Like, I'm here to let you know. I want to educate you. I want to set you up for success. Um, so make your make your decisions. Like, if you want to keep these, if you feel like it's edifying and great, do it. The other thing that came up was that um, we joked about how his friends may not be using that information correctly, like using the words correctly. So we pulled out his phone and like scrolled through his texts and saw where, like we even joked, we're like, look, he's not even using that grammatically correct. Like, (laughs) are you kidding me? Like he doesn't really know what that means now. And it's sort of like it encouraged our son to feel um, emboldened in his knowledge about what what he knows versus others, which lets him realize, oh, I don't actually need to say those things. It sort of gives them confidence. Anyway. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. Um, so the other thing, so uh, we want to talk to our kids about the language that they hear their friends using and let them know that, you know, like this language is impolite, but that doesn't actually mean that you correct everybody that's using impolite language according to your standards. And so teaching them, again, there's some gray area in letting them know they don't need to correct. They can just not say it, and that's fine, <laughs> you right. know? Yep. Um, and then I also think that the other piece of this is that sometimes I cuss a little bit, and, um, like... Yeah, I'm very disappointed in you, Rachel. <laughs> I'm going to go hide behind a ficus, <laughs> like a fake ficus tree. <laughs> uh, um funny. And so it's important, like, I think that there have been opportunities where I've been able to talk with our kids about when I swear, and we can either, like, sometimes we laugh about it and say, oh, gosh, that wasn't very polite, you know, like, I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. Or we watch a movie together, and there's um, an impolite word, and you can actually, as a parent, say out loud, ooh, that wasn't very polite. I'm really sorry that was in this movie, you know? Um, So giving, demonstrating to them what that humility looks and consideration. like and consideration looks like yeah. for them instead of beating it over their heads and saying you can't say this and you can say this but modeling a depth of dignity for other people yeah all right what are your concluding thoughts rachel on this <laughs> <laughs> why is that funny i think it's funny hey rich <laughs> give me your concluding thoughts next week on card sharks oh my gosh okay so i guess the conclusion would be Steer clear of, like, I guess the biggest thing is steer clear of hard behavioral rules. Yeah, you want to help your kids understand the heart of it. And your rules, again, might be stricter than what we're describing here, and that's okay. But really talking through, like, you might strongly feel like all those words are inappropriate and disrespectful in all settings. And so that's great. But communicate that's the reason, not just 
but you're going to do the right thing. And if you, we hear this word, you know, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. It's more like, hey, in our family, we believe these are disrespectful and inappropriate words or, or problematic in whatever way. And so I expect that you won't say them. And when they say them, again, coaching them and, and guiding them back towards why they're not supposed to do that. Exactly. And I think also trusting that they're going to use language that's appropriate and then pulling them back and discussing why they didn't use appropriate language, et cetera. I also think starting to set the tone early for the kids is really important as early as possible to start talking about impolite behavior is super helpful because then you have language around it and, um, and you can push back with the same language that you use for peeing on the seat. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't noticed, that's an issue in our house right now. (laughs) We're working on it. Yes, exactly. And lastly, check your kid's Amazon playlist before you blast it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't open the windows and just blindly Ah, sit play. Seriously. It's a mess. All right, I got a uh, bad word, swear word filled um, uh, or themed uh, side of the week for you. Really? Yeah, you ready I for it? I can't wait. If you like what you hear and are encouraged by this podcast, please be sure to share your favorite episode with a friend. If you don't like what you hear, just don't tell anyone it was us. All right, Rach. Rach. Hey, Dave. <laughs> I don't like Dave. I don't either. It's not, it's, you like Davey? I don't. Davey, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay, we'll just stick with Rach. I'll be David. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so did you know that there are websites that track how many swear words there are in movies? No. Yeah, that's true. And including there's a whole Wiki, Wikipedia entry. WikiLeaks? On the films with the most frequent use of the F word. Really? Pulp yeah. Fiction. Um, so Pulp Fiction was on one list, but on this Wikipedia page, uh, I'm not, is number 28. There's 265 F words in it. Whoa. Which is less than two a minute, which oddly is not that many compared what? to some of these. So the first one is like a movie about swearing, and the second one is a documentary about the F word. So I'm not going to count those. Okay. But number three is um, a movie. I was going to say it's the same director, <laughs> but it's not actually. <laughs> It's a Martin Scorsese movie. I was just going to say, is it Martin Scorsese? Yeah, do you have any guess? Oh, no. Wait. The Wolves of Wall Street. It's a single wolf. (laughs) Yep. Not the Wolves of Wall Street. (laughs) I've never seen the movie. I haven't either. But that's the only Martin Scorsese movie I sort of am familiar with. It's 180 minutes long, which is way too long for a movie. Three hours. Uh Uh-huh. How many F-words do you think are in there? Okay, it's 180 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, oh, man, 550? Wow. Am I right? It, it, very close. I didn't give you any hints or I've anything. I've my research. Have you? No. <laughs> I don't even, I barely know who Martin Scorsese is. 569, which works wow. out to 3.16 a minute. Okay, so, and another thing. I mean, <laughs> I don't even of- think I could say that word <laughs> three times a minute. I mean, like, don't you think? think that there is a more extensive vocabulary out there like why do we have to resort to that that was i mean that's eh, yeah at the end of every episode we do i'm like oh and another thing oh and Uh, yeah but that's my and another thing the only thing that makes me say the f word is pamplemousse (laughs) (laughs) it's grapefruit people still all right you know one of my favorite movies 
is Goodfellas. Yes. Is that uh, up there? It comes in with 300, which is 2.05 per minute. So it's a 146-minute movie. Do you know what rank that puts it at? Not oh, as high man. as you'd think. Really? Yeah, there's uh, a lot of movies 15. on this list. Oh, close. Man, you're killing it. Thank you. Is there a mirror behind me? Are you looking at my notes? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 16. 16. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's any movies you like on here. Not really. Pulp Fiction's number 28. Okay. Did you ever see The Big Lebowski? No. I, a lot of people love that movie. Like, cult following love it. Uh-huh. The only reason I liked it is because I watched it when I was living in Spain for a summer, and it was in English, and I was it's so excited. Thing you could watch. I was so excited. We went to the movie theater, and I was like, oh, two hours of English. Oh well, that comes in at, uh, oh, I lost it. It comes in here somewhere. 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 Good, good work, David. That's interesting. I mean, I wonder, I just, I think the F word is, like, it's just, it just feels very raunchy to me. I know. You get very mad when I use it when I'm angry. Ooh, yes. I just so. think you, you have a more extensive vocabulary. I do. Yeah. Like weenus now. That's part of my... <laughs> and my, vagina. Yeah, all right. On oh, that note. Oh, my gosh. Let's call it a day. Thanks right. for working on the farm, Rach. Hey, thank you for working on the farm. All right. Talk to you soon. Check ya. Check ya.